This is a fourth hand production. So I wanted to ask you that. That that's a theory that I've that we've heard come up several times over that the Greys necessarily, you know, they're they're I guess some hybrid would be the word you can use, you know, and it, it, maybe they're the, the ground forces per se for these other species. You know, is there? Do you think there's anything there? Thinking of a like in those terms? Yes, uh, yes. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, you know, they they tend to show up in threes <laughs> for whatever reason. Um, I'm not sure why, but I, I suppose that uh, one has to grab your left arm, the other one your your right arm, and the the the, the other one is just kind of guiding the other two <laughs> to to the craft. Story in the news today. You believe in ghosts and the paranormal. Are they are they UFOs or are they like some crazy experimental you know governmental I don't you know, know planes that they're building? And police in Española are catching more than just criminals. They're catching images of what they believe are ghosts. This weird animal-like creature that was shot, wolf-like creature that just stood out in some odd ways. And welcome to Strange Uncles. I'm Shane. I'm devastated. <laughs> oh, man. Are you? I see a single yeah. tear roll down your cheek. I've uh, been sending ugly crying gifts to all my friends. Um, yeah. By the time you hear this, it's old news. But uh, Utah Jazz traded Donovan Mitchell to the Cleveland <laughs> Cavaliers. <laughs> Way to wear your heart right on your sleeve, sir. I just I'm extremely say. upset. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh. I don't know. I knew when they were bringing in Danny Ainge, something like this was probably going to happen. And then when they traded Rudy, it was like, all right, here we go. Still super irritated that, like, the year that the All-Star game is finally coming back to Salt Lake City, we trade our two perennial All-Stars. Like, I, I don't understand. You know what? And, and again, not to get on the pure soapbox with you, but same thing with the Seahawks. Lost Russell. We're trying to redo. We got a brand new defense. We got, It just is not... I don't know. It's going to be a tough year to be a fan of really tough... Of course, you know, still be fans, because that's who we are. But it doesn't change the fact that Damn, guys, you're not thinking this shit through. So, uh. well, you know, I've been neglecting my Philadelphia Flyers. <clears throat> Sorry, John. Um, <laughs> so maybe it's uh, time to uh, look back into the NHL. Although oh. I think the Flyers have been trash for a while too. Blasphemy! So. Blasphemy! Yeah, no. I don't know. Better luck for everything, dude. Hopefully, it works out. I will say on my side, I hate to sound like a bunch of grumpy old men, but I'm done with summer, dude. I mean, it has been, it's like September 1st, and tomorrow it's going to be 100. I'm, In Mother Russia, I'm like, oh. summer not done with you. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Sorry for the really bad Yakov Smirnoff impression. But, uh, yeah, I got yeah it. dude, uh, for the next 10 days, it's supposed to be 99 to 100 here. Yeah, so yeah same. That's uh, record-breaking bullshit for September. Uh, it is. And actually, and before, you know, I sit here and cry in my Cheerios on my side, I will say at least, you know, I feel bad for the California IAs because, holy God, they're up in the triple digits, like 110, 115 all next week. It's just a weird... I never feel bad for California. Eh, well, I got a bud. I got a couple buds there. So, you know, I'll, I'll throw a throw a leaf. I've got this a way. couple buds yeah. there too. But <laughs> yeah, I get it. I I totally get I'm it. just saying. Anyway. I'm going to I'm going to refrain from uh being uh anti-Californian on this podcast. I know. I know. We got them over here to see California license plates. I'm like, "Shoo. Shoo. Shoo. Go away. Go back home. Go on your other side." But nothing, nothing works. But uh, anyway, on the good front, I will say before we roll in, we got an awesome interview, by the way, listeners, for you. Uh, it is that time of year again. I know it's not October, but as far as I'm concerned, September 1st is the official Halloween season. Uh, it oh, was grow funny. Up. Shut up. No, I refuse to. I just refuse to. Uh, we actually had a guest on a couple times, if uh, you listeners remember Amanda from Spooky Eats. Um, <laughs> I got her on Twitter. She's already decorated the whole entire house already like today and i'm like jesus christ you guys are quick she's like ah we don't mess around so he's right already in the (laughs) already in the thing so anyway i'm not quite that bad but 
anyway, pumpkin latte season, and, and you know, here we are. So at least you're not decorating for Christmas yet. Oh, those people have a special place in hell, as far as I'm concerned. So, or is a special place in heaven? It is Christmas after all. Nope, not in my eyes. Once Halloween's over, the holidays are done. Everything goes out. I literally will pull down my Christmas tree like at midnight and throw it in the trash. Like I, I'm just on Christmas Eve. I'm done. I don't do. I don't do Christmas at all. Of course, the wife isn't happy. Yeah, through no choice of mine. Uh, Christmas is a big deal around here. Yeah, I know. I know. Same here. I just try to avoid it. You know, all jokes aside. But anyway, well, bummer for you. Hopefully you heal up from the jazz thing. Uh, I will say so. I'll never be the same again. Anyway, I will say uh, we do actually have a great guest on. Um, been a bit since we've talked about the UAP phenomena, and this is kind of what it revolves around. A very interesting uh, guest. He has an organization that is out helping uh, UAP, not only just the research behind it, but the experiencers mainly. Um, I enjoyed the interview. I thought it was great. Uh, guy's been doing it for a while. He's, he's really, if nothing else, you know, and something I, and I'll say it actually after the interview, we can come back. Um, it's just every time I, or I, and this is me, I don't know about you, man, but every time we interview somebody who has dealt with, um, regression or experiencers, you know, what they used to call abductors, uh, it, it, there's another little layer of the onion I find, you know, that they, they talk about and, I don't know. Yeah. It's very interesting. Very interesting. You know, so. Yeah, it was a very interesting conversation for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, do you have anything you want to go ahead and roll into it? Nah, let's uh, let's jump on in. Let's jump in. And all right, everybody. So we got an interview lined up here with uh, Lester Velez. He actually is a organizer and co-chairman of a organization group called Opus. And uh, you'll hear all about it along with some of his theories uh, and some very interesting stuff, to be honest with you. Always fun to talk about uh, talk about these things with the um, with the professionals. So everybody, welcome Les Velez. Open the gates. <laughs> Lester Velez is a graduate of the University of Vermont with a Bachelor of Science degree in Business Administration. Beginning in September of 1970, he served in the U.S. Army as a field artillery officer and was later vice president of Luscom Engineering. His life and career soon took a turn, however, when he joined MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network, in 1991. Within MUFON, he has held the following positions. Field Investigator, Training Coordinator for Field Investigators, the Assistant State Director in Northern California, Chairman of the AERC, excuse me, Abduction Experience Research Committee, and team leader of the ART Abduction Response Team. Also during that time, he became a facilitator for an abduction support group in San Jose, California, and in 1994 co-founded OPUS, the Organization for Paranormal Understanding and Support. And because of this, we wanted to bring him on the show to discuss not only OPUS, but his research and knowledge when dealing with experiencers and the UAP phenomena as a whole. Les, thank you for coming on Strange Uncles. Hey, Shane. Thank you very much, Josh. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> you know, it, it's it's interesting how life uh, makes you go down a certain path. And um, when I was 11 years old, I saw this craft. This is when I was living in Connecticut. Uh-huh. And um, it scared the craft out of me. <laughs> craft. <laughs> and and, and so, fr- you know, I tried to get my father to come out to see this thing and by the time he came out it was gone and he says oh it's probably just a beacon of light reflecting off a cloud but i never bought that right and right. Uh, i went to the library soon thereafter and uh, i picked up some books on ufos and in those days the uh, late 50s george adamski was the big you know mm-hmm. per- personality in the ufo field mm-hmm. and so uh I really got into it for a while, but then, you know, became an adolescent, uh, you know, I guess girls became a little bit more interesting in my life. <laughs> as, as they all do. <laughs> and, and I kind of forgot about it uh-huh. and uh, went off to college. Um, soon thereafter, uh, got married, uh, went into the service and um, had a good career there and uh, 
came out of the, uh, out of the army uh, artillery branch and uh, um, moved back to uh, Connecticut. And uh, subsequently, I got an offer to uh, buy into a company in uh, San Jose, California called Luscom Engineering, which was a manufacturer's rep company selling passive electro electromechanical products like power supplies, mm -hmm. LCD displays, switches, things of that that we would sell to uh, people like Apple or Cisco or, you know, any of these uh, OEM manufacturers in, in sure. Silicon Valley. Sure. Sure. And once I picked up the uh, newspaper, the San Jose Mercury News, that it was called at that time. Now it's just the Mercury News. And Stanton Freeman was coming to San Jose College, uh, San Jose City College, to talk about UFOs and the government cover-up. Oh, yeah. So that was like I, the switch went off. And I said, <laughs> oh, I have to go see this guy talk. And I expected to see a handful of people in, in the uh, auditorium. And it was full. It was packed. Hmm. And uh, uh, he gave one of his inimitable, you know, sessions and, you know, showing all the documentation that he had. And I was just totally buzzed. And so on my way out, um, I saw this uh, table that MUFON had and they were talking about the uh, journal that they published on a on a monthly basis. Mm -hmm. and talking about UFOs and things of that nature. And so I decided, okay, I'm going to get the journal. And I, I did. I got that for a while. But after a while, I, I, it wasn't enough. And so I decided that uh, based on the fact that they had a, uh, a training course for field investigators, I said, okay, I'm going to do the, the, that. This is it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Took, took the course, passed it, and started to do cases. And almost without exception, the cases I got involved with were not only sightings, but people talked about the fact that they had contact with non-human intelligences, hmm. which then, you know, started me down this path, a different path, that trying to understand what these people were going through, because most of them were traumatized with, with this experience. So, and so they wanted to know if I knew of other people that had similar circumstances. And so the next thing I'm doing, I'm facilitating a support group in San Jose. And uh, that's when I started to learn a whole lot more about this phenomena, you know, the phenomena of people talking about being in contact with non-human intelligence, whether it's extraterrestrial in nature, mm -hmm. interdimensional mm -hmm. in nature, time travelers, our military or all of the above, which I think it probably is. I, I was going to say, I, we want to get into that here towards the end, you know, once we, we cover that, because I, I think um, I, I think it's a hodgepodge of, of what, you know, it possibly could be. I do have a question, Les, real quick. When sure. you when you initially got into it, you initially got into these investigations and you, you began, you know, and of course, the, they've changed the nomenclature, right? You know, it used to be abductions, and now, you know, we've changed that to experiencers, a little bit mm -hmm. more of a softer term, you know, necessarily. Right. Um, some people take that differently when they first encounter that you know is is this are these people really is it is it a mental thing for them did they actually experience this like what was your initial viewpoint on on these experiencers when you when you initially started the, the research and investigation yeah, I, I i think the beginning stages of this whole process where you know my window of believability was quite narrow mm -hmm. and then the more that you talk to these people and the more people that came forward talking about this phenomena, you started to, you know, say to yourself that there's something definitely going on. And the big question is, what is it? You know, what mm -hmm. is it? And, uh, and I think it's uh, uh, multiple things that are, that are happening with these people, you know, and, and certainly there's phases to the, to this process. The initial phases, generally speaking, are quite traumatic. You know, they, it, it is it is a frightening type of a thing to to have happen, and then as they continue on, people tend to come to accept uh, the the uh, events, and then in the the latter stages, when it stops because it eventually does stop, mm -hmm. in, in a lot of cases, they wonder why it stopped. It's almost like the Stockholm syndrome. Oh, that, you know, <laughs> they, they want it to continue. 
And, and the studies that we've done, uh, we've done uh, a number of studies. Uh, the first one was the omega-3 study uh, that uh, MUFON uh, funded, the Mutual UFO Network, mm-hmm. back mm-hmm. in 2007, where we took 71 people that were uh, felt that they had been abducted uh, or experienced non-contact uh, with non-human intelligences and 51 people that were a control group. And, uh, you know, we, we, we've, we found that these people did not have a psychopathology. They were not crazy. Uh, they were not fantasy prone, which a lot of debunkers talk about. Right. And right. their, their worldview has changed based on their experiences where these people come back, you know, in most cases saying that we need to be better to one another. We need to be better stewards of the planet. These are all wonderfully positive things that happen. And so 80% of the people that have had these experiences want them to continue. They don't want it to stop. Interesting. And, and then the, 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 the other small percentage, you know, do want it to stop because they tend to be more negative in nature. Mm-hmm. And that, that kind of leads you into the question of why is that? And Probably the answer is that we're dealing with multiple species mm-hmm. and and people within or entities within those species. Because just like we have on the earth here, we have good people and we have bad people. And I think we have the same thing going on up there. We have good aliens and we got bad aliens. And then even within species, we have, you know, good ones and bad ones. I mean, sure. there's been many stories about the reptilians being, oh, that's a bad group of dudes, you know. But I've also heard stories about very loving relationships that people have had with the reptilians. Interesting. So, so, I think it's very difficult to just have a blanket statement that they're all bad or they're all good, which, you know, there's many camps out there that feel that way. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I, I always felt like uh, this particular alien race being this particular way, whether it be the greys, the reptilians, the avians, whoever you want to talk about, uh, blanket painting them with a wide brush and saying they're all like this type of personality is very reductive and like star Wars ish and mm-hmm. star Trek ish. You know what yeah. I mean? Where it's like, Oh yeah. Uh, this particular species comes from this particular planet where they're the only ones that are there and they're the only culture. And there's like, it's all a monoculture, right. Instead of like, uh, like where we look at earth and, even just looking at human beings, we're all totally different. And then looking at like the other species that are on the planet, like also totally different. Like some cats are nice. Some cats are jerks, you know, like most cats are jerks. I'm just saying well, I'm not a cat person, <laughs> but maybe I don't know. Well, you know, you I know you're, I know you're a cat person. Yet, <laughs> I know. But, right. Maybe that's true. So I, I just, yeah. I've always thought that was interesting. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's interesting too. And, and I guess less my, my other question for this. So you've been doing this opus for a while, you know, of course you've had, you know, you've mentioned there's a lot of positive, there's some negative in there. Um, when you look at the percentage of that, I, I think you might've mentioned it's like 80% of what's going on really is more on the positive side versus uh, negative from what their experiences are, whether it's what species they're encountering, their experience themselves. I mean, at least that's a, kind of a good balance within your research you're seeing I'm, I'm i'm assuming yeah yeah and this has been uh, uh confirmed by other studies that have, mm-hmm. you know the free study uh that looked at uh, I, I don't know close to four thousand people mm-hmm. uh, that they uh interviewed uh that came back with that same percentage and, and so the omega-3 study uh, basically came back with the, the same kind of numbers. And we're in a process right now of doing the second phase of the Omega-4 study, which the first phase was that we went out to therapists that work with uh, people that claim that they've had contact with non-human intelligences and got some very interesting feedback. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that uh, we got was the fact that uh, most people are dealing with the grades. Okay. And that, it's interesting because not only are people dealing with the grace, but the various types uh, and groups of uh, entities, whether it's a praying mantis type or reptilian type or Nordic type, uh, are, are, are using, utilizing grace. 
it's almost like there's this universal grocery store or, or, or <laughs> shop out there that sells grays to all of these. Interesting. <laughs> and it, it's almost universal. And I think that's probably due to the fact that none of these other races, whether it's a praying mantis type or, as I said, or the reptilian type or the Nordic type, they don't want to mess with us because we're we're violent. We are very violent. Absolutely. And I've had cases where people have told me that uh, they've ripped an arm off of a gray uh, mm-hmm. because they wanted to get away from the situation. And, you know, the gray just kind of saunters away like nothing has happened because it's like a robotic, you know, biological uh, type of a, uh, you know, entity. Um so I wanted to ask you that that that's a theory that I've that we've heard come up several times over that the grays necessarily you know they're they're I guess a hybrid would be the word you can use you know and it, it, maybe they're the the ground forces per se for these other species you know is there do you think there's anything there thinking of a light in those terms yes uh, yes I'm sorry yeah, yeah absolutely uh, you know they they tend to show up in threes <laughs> for whatever reason. Um, I'm not sure why, but I, I suppose that uh, one has to grab your left arm, the other one your your right arm, and the the the, the other one is just kind of guiding the other two <laughs> to to the craft. Um, you know, it, it it we don't have answers to all of this, you know, and and that's that's the part that you know we we conjecture a lot of different things about that, and uh, so. Uh, uh, but the bottom line is something's going on. You know, is it extraterrestrial in nature? Is it inter- interdimensional in nature? Is it time travel? Is it our military? Or is it the all, all the above, which I kind of tend to believe. Yeah. And let's get into that a little bit. So, you know, is it all the above? And if that's the case, you know, recently this past, what I'd say, what, Josh, two years, three years, maybe going on four, you know, we had some disclosure you know, we've got committees that are sitting up there in Congress. Uh, we've had some guests on that are actively uh, at the Capitol trying to drive uh, the UAP encounters, phenomenon, whatever have you. I mean, I find that we're in a very unique time frame um, for this. Where do, you, where do you see that going? Do you think that there's some legitimacy with the government looking into these things or – it's just confusing the the situation as a whole. I think I think we're experiencing the drip, drip, drip of uh, information that's coming out, and uh, I think that uh, probably within your your lifetime, you're going to see full disclosure. Mm. Probably not in mine, but <laughs> oh. the uh, the uh, uh, it's 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 fascinating. I mean, you you're hearing. I mean, literally, I have news feeds that talk about UFOs and different things of that nature every day, every day. Wow. And then there's people like yourself that are in a thank you for what you do uh, that are talking about this topic. And it's incredible that, you know, I think we're going to reach a, a certain um, uh, point in, in, in this whole process. Uh, critical mass, if you will, that oh. will cause us to wake up one morning and say, "Oh shit, I knew that." Mm-hmm. I knew, yeah, we're al- we're not alone. Yeah, they're here. But they're the whole time. There's from Zeta Reticuli. We we know that. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. Well, and we actually had the pleasure, Josh and I, and another friend of ours, to um, listen to Travis Walton speak. Who. You know, of yeah. course, is, is a very popular experiencer. You know, he's sure. been, you know, for a while he's been out there uh, with his story and what had occurred to him. And, and boy, I tell you, I, I mean, if it is if it is fake, if there's something like he's peddling a story, I can't imagine how this many decades later on and how the motion he puts behind it, um, how yeah. that could be, you know. Yeah, and, I, I, I've had the pleasure of having uh, Travis. And his partner, uh, and I forget his name at the top of my head right now, stay at my house. Oh, wow. Wow. And have breakfast with them before they did a presentation for me uh, to do some support for Opus. Mm. Um, He was telling me the fact that the government was totally on his ass about this whole thing. Yep. They wanted him to shut down. They didn't want him to talk about it. And, you know, they were putting pressure on him and all of that. So the bottom line on this is that I 
totally believe that Travis is the real deal. Uh, that there's no question about it, that he experienced what he experienced, which was, you know, not like the movie Fire in the Sky. It, it was over-dramatized. But the bottom line is with that he was on a table. They, they, they did things to him, and then he showed up, you know, five days later, which is that's the longest period of time I've ever heard. I, I was uh, going to say, yeah. So is that is that common in your studies? Where no, okay, no, okay. usually, usually, you know, this is like an overnight deal or, or something along those lines. So with hmm. his particular situation, that was unusual. Um, but uh, needless to say, uh, you know, he's 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 had. Um, I believe he's had this experience, which. And again, people talk about the fact that uh, they have an experience and they're taken at a certain time and then they're brought back, okay, with missing time, whether it's three hours, four hours, something like that. But in some cases, they're brought back before they've even left. So there's a manipulation of time that goes on with, with these kind of things as well. So... They seem to have the ability to manipulate space and time, um, which we just don't understand or don't have the capability of doing. Right. Well, and I know that Bob Azartex talks about that often, or he has in the past, you know, in regards to what he's experienced with technology, things of that nature. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's just very interesting. So I, I'd like to get a little bit of history just to, so we can help the listeners understand, like, what's what's yeah. out there. Of course, you know, Opus is is you know, what we're here for is what you're, you're part of the AERC. Does that still exist? Was that something that was a springboard into Opus? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You hit the nail on the head. Uh, When I first uh, uh, approached uh, MUFON uh, back in 2007, I talked to uh, James Carrion, who was the international director at that time. And um, he, um, I told him, I said, you know, you, you guys are missing the boat. You know, you're a nuts and bolts type of organization. But, you know, there's people having contact with non-human intelligences. And, and you need to be able to to assist them with with their experiences. And so the next thing I know, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm getting uh, all the calls that are coming into MUFON directed to me as Opus. And, and and talking to these people and finding out what they need. And at the time, we had um, basically a um, – we didn't even have the online support group, which we have now, which is totally confidential. Uh, basically, I, I just had a referral network of therapists, whether they were mental health practitioners or a hypnotherapist, to give these people. But the bottom line is what they were trying to do is reduce their stress and get an empathetic ear to listen to what they were going through. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and so, as I said, subsequently, we've set up a, uh, uh, a uh, uh, online support group, uh, which is totally confidential. Uh, and people come to our, our website, which you can see here behind me, opusnetwork.org, and uh, request what you would like, whether it's uh, online support uh, uh, group, uh, or a referral to a therapist of some type, whether it's hypnotherapist, mental health practitioner, or recently we just instituted another level, which we call the EST, the Experiencer Support Team, which uh, are experienced people with the phenomena that can talk to these people and 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 understand what it is they're really looking for. So that mm-hmm. that's been very helpful. But anyway. When I started this in 2007, the AERC was set up uh, to really do a project. Um, and what that project was turned out to be the Omega-3 study, where we took these 71 people that felt oh. that they were experiencers and 51 people as a control group. And we did this analysis with a couple of uh, psychologists uh, and some, you know, had these people look at the uh, nine different instruments that they had to understand. And, and so, as I said, the bottom line was that uh, they did not have a psychopathology. They weren't fantasy prone. They, they, they seemed to exhibit uh, ability to disassociate in a way, but not psycholo- uh, psychopathologically. Mm-hmm. Their worldview changed. 
that they needed to be better to one another, to to uh, their the environment, things of that nature, and their temporal lobes were different. Their activity in the temporal lobe area was different than the um, the uh, control people. Interesting. So, so how long have you? Been, so, that's a, a question I actually had on my side. When did you start doing research on the temporal lobe? I've heard about that. Um, has, yeah. Was that from the very beginning of your? Uh, no, no. Uh, well, Opus got started in 1994, mm-hmm. uh, and we were a nonprofit organization, uh, 5013C, recognized by the IRS, and. Uh, uh, which always cracks me up. <laughs> Paranormal in the IRC. I don't, know. All right. I don't. I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, okay, I get it. Yeah. Okay. So the, you know, so we you know we've been we've been down this path for for quite a while, and but it was not until about 2007 that we started to really do this research. And uh, as I said, the most recent thing that we've started is the Omega Four study, where we went out to therapists that work with these. Uh, people that claim that they've had contact. And now the second part is going out to the clients of these people and oh, understanding wow. what's going on with them. Uh, and, and the ultimate uh, goal on all of this is to be able to help these therapists work with these people and bring them to a point of, of, of uh, uh, being able to be uh, comfortable with or, or to understand mm-hmm. Uh, the phenomena and 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 that's the thing that to me is remarkable that this phenomena is going on my re- my re- most recent feel about this whole thing is that we've all had experiences and i'll tell you a story about it. interesting uh, whether we we consciously remember it or not uh in one of the support group meetings i had a person tell me Oh, I've seen you before. And I said, really? I said, where? At a UFO conference? He said, no, I saw you on board the craft. I said, really? Hmm. And I kind of blew it off. I didn't, didn't think much of it. And it was like a year, year and a half later that somebody said, I've seen you before. I said, where? At a UFO conference? No, no, no. You were sitting on his bench naked on board the craft, and you were freaking out, and he told me to go over to you to calm you down. Well, wow. <laughs> at that point... I decided, okay, I, I'm going to go get regressed and see if I could find something. And um, I had three separate regressions. Did not find out anything along those lines, but I had multiple, multiple past lives. Interesting. That were vivid. I mean, the 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 stories that I was telling under hypnosis were mind-blowing i mean i the emotions that came through with each of the uh uh past lives mm-hmm. was incredible mm-hmm. um and so subsequently i i talked to a person and and the, and the person said well maybe what was happening was whoever you talked to somehow tapped in or felt that you had had an experience maybe in a past life with these entities I think anything is possible anything is possible sure yeah I've had some past life regressions Um, it's actually uh, amazing the same thing here very vivid I mean I'd like to actually repeat it and go back it's been decades ago since I've done it but uh, just just amazing with it Um, I want to we want to get into the nuts and bolts of this a little bit less if you don't mind I've got some questions but we're going to take a quick break when we come back we want to get into some details how it affects uh, experiencers how it affects them you know, not only psychological, but physiological, all that other stuff too. Um, So if you want to wait with us real quick, we'll be right back. Okay. Believe in UFOs? Felt that chill up your spine that you just can't explain? Contemplate the other side of reality. Do you shake your head at the world that seems to have lost its common sense? Well, look no further than Strange Uncles. Find them on all podcast platforms and call their hotline to tell your side of reality at 801-252-6945. Open the gates. All right, and we are back with Les Velez. Um, before we get into some of the deep stuff, I did have a have a quick I guess, uh, curiosity more than anything. So, you know, we actually did an episode a while ago on John Mack. 
Um, very amazing individual. Did you, were you able, or did you ever, when you first started this uh, research, did you model any of what John Mack kind of already had worked with or done, or was this kind of fresh out of the boat for, for you and your organization? Well, I, I think that uh, based on my personal experiences uh, with these uh, people, uh, you know, which goes back to 1991, mm-hmm. uh, which was before uh, John Mack was, uh, you know, wrote his book, et cetera, if I'm not mistaken, um, that, uh, you know, I was already aware of a lot of this and, and that uh, it was, you know, a phenomena that uh, based on these people coming to me and saying, Hey, look, you might think I'm crazy, but I'm, I'm having these kind of experiences. I don't know who to talk to. Mm -hmm. I, uh, their 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 way that they talk about the situation was that you you would you would have a hard time saying that these people uh, are making this up mm-hmm. because of the the traumatic nature of what it is, especially in the beginning stages of it. So, and then when John Mack came out with his book Abduction, it was like confirmation. Right, sure, sure. Of of what was what was happening, and then Whitley Strieber's book called Confirmation. <laughs> right. you know, so uh, you know, I've had so many people come to me and say, "Well, I was in a library and uh, or the bookstore, and I picked up this book, and it had the picture of the alien, and it freaked me out. I dropped the book, and you know that that was it." They, they brought back, you know, incredible memories of what they had gone through. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Gary Nolan from Stanford University. Yes. Yep. He just did an interview the other night, and uh, he's an experiencer. And he talked about the fact that he had gone to a bookstore in, in Palo Alto, California, and came across this book by Strieber that had the alien on the cover, and he dropped it. Right away, things started to rush back to him as far as his experience. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. You, you, there, there's a, there's a, uh, uh, an interview on YouTube by Colhart and Zabel. Uh, Zabel has done a book with uh, Richard Nolan. I forget the name of the book, but anyway, uh, it's a incredible. Uh, interview with uh, with uh, Nolan, and it, about halfway through is when he starts to talk ab- about uh, Nolan and his experiences. So yeah. you might you might want to check that out. I, I was blown away by by because I didn't I never knew that I, I, I had no idea. I've never heard of well. And while we're talking about books too, by the way, let's let's um, introduce your book here too: uh, the unknown other and existential proposition of alien contact. Um, when yes. when did you write that? Uh, about uh, let's see, last year, okay. June last okay. year, Fairly yeah. new. and and uh, uh, basically what it is is a, a quick little overview of how Opus got started. But then we get into the nuts and bolts type aspects of it, whether we're talking about implants, uh, hybridization, uh, automatic writing that people have you know come up with, uh, the electromagnetic effects. We talk about the UAP report. We talk about the Omega-3 study. So it, it gives a person a really good overview of, of the whole phenomena mm-hmm. and uh, the, the fact that, you know, the scientific community really needs to dig in more and really try to analyze uh, what's truly going on. And I think that's happening. I think, you know, our government is it kept a lot of secrets uh, and uh I had I had the opportunity to have lunch with Lou Elizondo. Uh, this was before COVID shut everything down. Mm-hmm. And uh, during the luncheon that I had with him, he, he talked about the fact that they felt that they understood how these uh, objects operate. And it's an interaction between the skin of the ship and the mm-hmm. uh, power source, which is not mm-hmm. 115 uh, that uh, Lazar talks about. And that it, it basically uh, influences space and time, um, which 
you know, he he just left me in the in the dust with the <laughs> the, uh, the whole uh, conversation. But you know, it, it was fascinating. And then he had drawings about this, of which I wasn't able to get. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, yeah, he's he, he's a I, big player I believe for that sure. Lou is you know certainly tuned into a, a, a whole lot. Our government knows. Gary Nolan's been involved with working with uh, abductees, mm-hmm. uh, you know, people with psychic abilities where you have the the connections between the caudate and, and the putamen area are where the the psychic people have a lot more connections and then it's generational. Mm-hmm. I mean, you start going down this rabbit hole and <laughs> there's so much, so much to it. Well, and I was going to say there really is when when you look at it. I think you know, and you mentioned previously too about your know, science taking it a little bit more because you know we still are stuck on this term of fringe, um, not only mm-hmm. UAP paranormal necessarily, but you know uh, uh, ghosts and some of these other things are in the high strangeness realm. Um, right. There are certain scientists uh, like uh, Av Loeb is one that wrote a book, yeah. and you know, bring in some really legitimate thoughts and talk to it. Uh, I, I wish it would happen sooner or quicker <laughs> than it really is because it mm-hmm. seems like it's just so slow. Um, when you when you deal with these with these clients, these experiencers, without getting too much again, you know, because of course these cases are confidential, whatever have you. But uh, have you ever had ones that really just have never recovered? They can't, whether psychologically, uh, it just has affected them so much that unfortunately, maybe it, it took a it took a turn to the worst. Like, is that something that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Absolutely. Awful. Absolutely. We, we've had a number of people that have, you know, told us basically that they're end of their rope and that they, you know, the only way they, they think they can solve it is to by offing themselves, uh, um, and wow. which, is, which is tragic. Uh, and we've managed uh, this online support group is a phenomenal, uh, uh, you know, gift, if you will, Mm -hmm. uh, to people that are having these experiences, because first of all, they know that they're not alone, that they're having experiences that are similar to other people. That's key. Once they start to understand that, that brings the whole stress level down tremendously. Because now they're not isolated on their own island. Right, right. Exactly. Exactly. And so that uh, helps tremendously. And so we've been able to, if you will, talk down, if, you know, people that are that, at that point. And, um, uh, and so, so far, to the best of our knowledge, nobody has done it. You know? Oh, good, good, good. <laughs> and, and, and so, and we've got people from around the world, South Africa, Greece, the UK, Australia, South America, that are literally talking 24-7 to one another. Mm-hmm. And, telling their stories, asking the questions, and uh, it's it's been remarkable. Thank God for technology, right? I mean, that's one thing where, you know, it bridges everything together so much, and and I I think, you know, that that really certainly helps. Um, I did, I have a couple more questions on my side, and it deals with some specific things, I guess, and and Mm -hmm. I had them on my notes, but they're also on, on your notes as well. When we talk about hybrids, We've heard about mm. them. We've heard about, you know, so in fact, I just picked up a book the other day. I've not started yet, but it basically is a, a diary of a, a, a proposed hybrid person who, mm-hmm. you know, has alien versus human interaction. And they have lived their life just not knowing that till the latter half of their lives. And then they found out in it completely. What... Explain that. Have you had any experiences with hybrids? Have you had any interactions yeah, I, with that? I had a, uh, a woman uh, in our support group one time that uh, this is in San Jose. And her name is Helen Luttrell because she wrote a book called uh, Rachel's Eyes, which talked about her daughter. Uh, that's the book. <laughs> that's the, okay. that's the yeah. book. Yeah, that's the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's it's and I I know I I know Helen I've I've you know she was in our support group uh, I've talked to her many times and she talks about the fact that her daughter went to school with a hybrid wow. and that the military was bringing her special food to eat um, and that uh, 
she had eventually, uh, Helen had eventually gone to a base in Nevada Mm -hmm. where they basically collected all these crash retrieval uh, entities. And, uh, you know, amazing. I, I, I have a hard time. I mean, Gary Nolan talks about the fact that it's really difficult to, to tell if a person is a hybrid because we have no DNA from a hybrid or from an alien to compare. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but then Helen's story is incredible. And, and she got regressed by one of our board members, uh, June oh, Steiner. Wow. Um, and, uh, who was mentioned in the book. So when you read that book, uh, it's going to blow your mind. <laughs> I, I, that's next on my list. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to finish one on uh, Alistair Crowley and how he was a secret spy. And yeah. <laughs> that's the next one up. But uh, but that that's amazing. That absolutely is amazing. I've heard the stories oh. behind it, too. Uh, yeah, yeah. Crazy. Huh. So I, I think, you know, because every once in a while I, I say, okay, no, there's no such thing as a hybrid. But mm-hmm. then you, you read her book. And you say, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, blows, blows it out of the water. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Um, implants, Les, uh, yeah. how much uh, interaction with that have you had, uh, especially, with, of course, with experiencers? Yeah, you know, I think implants are, are evidence, solid evidence of something going on. I mean, you know, Roger Lear um you know, did a tremendous job while he was alive uh, in looking at uh, people that have implants. And they and he had 17 people that they removed the implants. And, you know, these things are remarkable because there's no inflammatory reaction by the body to the foreign object, number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no visible portal of entry. Collection of specialized nerve endings, uh, you know, surrounding the object. An outer coating of ceramic biological material, which is kind of weird right away. Yeah, that is weird. Hmm. And, uh, you know, there's emissions of radio waves, which are deep space frequencies in the FM band. What? What? Say that again? So it's like it's emissions of radio waves, which are deep space frequencies in the FM band. Okay. So, you know. People talk about, so what is the implant? Is it a tracking device? Is it a transmitting device? Is it all the above? Uh, I heard one the other day about the fact that uh, uh, it was monitoring us uh, for pollution in our bodies, oh, wow. which would be That's a new one. quite interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and then they had electromagnetic fields in excess of 10 milligauss, composition of meteoric iron, uh, Rare earth metals such as U-236, a single isotope of uranium existing by itself, as well as elements such as uranium, which is very rare. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then non-terrestrial isotopic ratios indicating the involved elements do not come from Earth. So, I mean, there's just wow. so wow. much evidence. And then people just seem to ignore this stuff, you know? And... Uh, so I, I don't know. it's very well, frustrating. So, and I guess my follow-up question for these implants is, where do they end up at? I mean, I, obviously they're being surgically removed. You know, in one point, if they suspect, well, I, I think that some 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 of this obviously uh, was analyzed by various labs, mm-hmm. uh, and that's how they came up with the, this information. Um, so, but a lot of it, 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 one of the things that we uh, counsel people about if they do have an implant, I ask them if if it's bothering them. Oh. And if it's not, if it's not bothering them, I said, don't just leave it alone. Right. Because what happens if they do remove it, nine times out of ten, it gets replaced in a place where you can't get to it. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> yeah. And, and, uh, and so, you know, and it may, it may be something where it, it would bother you in, in some way, shape, mm-hmm. or form. So if it's not bothering you, just leave it the hell alone. Sure, sure. Um, I had a question and and I, I i've thought about this for a long time i just really i don't really know where the connection is and maybe you know you might not either maybe you do give some hindsight but when you talk about a lot of these experiences uh sometimes are generational to where it oh, literally yeah. runs in the family i don't understand that do you think that's a dna thing they're attracted by a certain 
family gene? I, I, what's what does that? Yeah, look like? I, I think that uh, you know, I mentioned earlier about uh, people that have psychic abilities where there's a connection, more connect connections in the caudate cutamen area of the brain, and uh, that seems to be uh, generational. Uh, hmm. And you'll find talking to psychic uh, people that, oh, yeah, my mother had it or my grandmother had it. And it, and, and it seems to be a lot on the female side, which is rather interesting. But, um, yeah, I think they're following generations of people uh, based on the fact that uh, they're monitoring uh, the uh, the experiments that perhaps that they had done, you know, eons ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they continue to follow it. You know, one of the things I, I guess people talk about is the fact, well, if they're so damn smart, why do they have to keep abducting us? <laughs> yeah. Right, right. You know? and, and I think that uh, it, it's, it's basically a, a learning a situation for the next generation of entities, mm-hmm. whatever they may be. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like we, we continue to, pull dolphins out of the water. We, we take blood samples, we tag them, we throw them back in the water. And a year later we come back, we pull them out, you know, we measure them. We, you know, check the tag and we take more blood samples out of them and we throw them back in the water. You know, it's the same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Kind of it, like, yeah, we're, I was, we're, we're just not at the top of the food chain folks. Yeah. I was just going to say like, that's the way we study, uh, animal biology any chance we get if, if mm-hmm. it's possible to study like family lines yeah and uh offspring in and generations and animals that biologists are looking at that's they do that they want to and, and it's actually when you're getting into larger animals especially mammals it's pretty easy to track the offspring you know what mm-hmm. i mean like mm-hmm. not yeah. just genetically but like even with just our technology that we have now you know well and, um, and, and yeah yeah well, I was just going to say, and I think that would make sense too, because like, not just as a, to go back to the point you made less about, uh, if they're so damn smart, why are, why do they keep abducting us? Mm-hmm. Like, well, because we're continuing to evolve and giving them new information. Exactly. Like the same reason we keep pulling dolphins out of the ocean to <laughs> take their blood and see, see what's up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're exactly. like, how much microplastic? can you fit in your liver right <laughs> yeah well yeah i mean absolutely i mean as we evolve they evolve it that's i mean that's part of just that's biology 101 so you know like a mice in a maze i mean i i can i completely make that and the same argument goes to you know cattle mutilations for example you know if, if that if that is an involvement they're involved in that why are they doing this well you know i mean it, it's these questions are out there so you know um something he said about it for sure so yeah uh, just uh, absolutely amazing. Um, when you, on your experience, is it mainly females that experience? Like, what's the ratio there no, versus males? No, but it seems to be a greater percentage uh, that uh, contact us um, have been uh, females. But uh, of late, of late, I've had more men contacting us. So, I, you know, I'd have to look at the uh, the overall percentage of uh, Matter of fact, the omega three study that we did uh, <clears throat> has that information in it, mm-hmm. and uh, you can find that whole study on our website under our document section. It's probably one of the second to last uh, things that are on the document section. So, if you're really interested in looking at that, uh, we'll give you the total breakdown on males, females. Uh, ages, uh, oh, what, religious ah. backgrounds, things of that nature. So that, that it looks like that's on the learn learn tab on your website. It's it's so. it's on. Yeah, yeah. I, I've got it. I got it pulled up. I actually have it on the side. Yeah, and again, yeah, for, exactly, for, for yeah. us for the listeners, it's www.opusnetwork.org. Uh, you can find you can find the website there. It's very actually analytical. It looks like it breaks down. Um, there's testimonials on there. There's introductions with you and your team on there, which is great. I think you know it makes people that are having these experiences and they you know maybe they're a little hesitant to reach out. It it seems looking at the website that you've made it very friendly, very approachable, and and I think that's key. You know, especially for somebody that you know has been through what they've been through. Um, right. I guess my last question, Les, and we can let you go, is just uh-huh. what's next? I mean, what's next with this? You're going to continue Opus. Um, is there anything on the horizon? Anything that you hope to accomplish? 
Anything along those lines? Yeah, I, I think what, what it is that uh, one of the things that we talk about is the fact that we have a referral network of, uh, of uh, mental health practitioners and hypnotherapists. But one of the areas that I think we're so sorely lacking in is the medical community. Because I think the medical community is an area where we, we would like to uh, uh, reach out to more people uh, that, uh, you know, have an interest in this and then can help these people, uh, depending upon what, what they're dealing with. Uh, my uh, co-founder in Opus was a doctor. Dr. Eugene Lipson, oh, and um, unfortunately, he passed away a number of years ago. And um, uh, you know, he was always interested in contacting other uh, medical people. And uh, one of the one of the things that we got involved with was a woman down in uh, Carmel, California, that uh, claimed she was in contact with these off earthly entities. And we went down there and. Uh, walked into her house and there was a picture on the wall and she was sitting on the back of this craft or, or not a craft, but a boat. <laughs> oh, okay. I was going to say. <laughs> and uh, I asked her, what was this all about? She was always helping these treasure hunters uh, find treasure. I said, well, how the hell were you doing that? And she says, well, I was in contact with the uh, captain of the galleon that went down. So what? <laughs> we snapped our heads back and said, really? And so Anyway, to make a long story short, she started to tell us things about ourselves that there was no possible way she could know. And we found out uh, subsequently that she had a near-death experience where she became quite psychic. Hmm. And so that that afternoon after we left, that's when Opus was hatched. And uh, oh. uh, how the hell do we help people like this? <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, anyway, so, you know, if you if you got... got got the time take a look at my book uh the unknown other and the existential proposition of alien contact it's on amazon or you just go to our website opusnetwork.org and on the home page you'll see a picture of the book just click on it and uh it'll take you to to the amazon page fantastic that's next on my list you know i had more books i I can't get enough of them to be honest with you so (laughs) man it's been awesome you know i and i'll tell you very i'll be very transparent with you you know when when i first started to get into this you know just the the fringe phenomena whether it's cryptids ufos or whatever have you um and talking about at the time of course abductions and now it's experiencers i doubtful i'm like yeah how can these there's no way these people but then as we got into this and I read more and I listened to Travis Walton and people uh-huh. like that, boy, you know, that has shifted my, my vision sight to the point that there's no way this can't be something. Um, it's just fascinating uh, what comes out of it. Regression is fascinating. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's an amazing subject and, and good on you for founding it and driving it and at the least helping people where they need help because that's, it's pretty amazing. So yeah, and and again, thank you very much for having me here because it's important for people like yourself to get the word out that uh, we exist. Uh, we're here to help people, and and that's the bottom line on all of this. You know, we don't want these people to to feel that they're alone. They're not alone, and uh, we're here to help. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, everybody, that's Les Velez. Les, uh, if you want to just stay on the line, we'll thank you uh, offline. Sure. But uh, thank you. Thank you for all your work. Much appreciated. Much appreciated your time. Thank you. Yeah, so I... Um, you know, I said during the interview too, and I meant I this wasn't really fluff, but and I'll be hundred percent honest with you. And I, you know, if there's anybody out there listening to the podcast that may be an experiencer, number one, you know, if you are going through something, reach out to Opus because I think you know, again, looking on the website, how they interact with you, how they, it's very friendly, it's very open. It seems you know there's more help there than there is analytics, which I, I think is great, especially with an experience like that. That's what you need. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first started find out about experiencers, I, I, I'll be honest with you, man. I Bullshit, bullshit, whatever. These people, they're making it up. It's, there's no, this is just, it's sci-fi, it's movie stuff. The more I read about it, the more I have, we've had some people on that are experiencers. I, you know, it, it 
I have changed my proverbial soapbox, if you will, on that whole viewpoint. You know, I, it's a thing. Yeah. It, it's a thing. I, and these, what these people are going through um, after the research we put, uh, we actually did an episode. We mentioned in the interview uh, about John Mack. If anybody out there wants to read a, f- a fantastic book, number one, abduction, but number two, just a life of um, John Mack was one of the, one of the first. And of course, Les Velez is right up there um, with him. Um, just, just amazing. I mean, it has made me kind of, you know, there, there's something here and, uh, and it's fascinating. So. Yeah. I mean, uh, like I had a question I wanted to ask, like right at the beginning that I decided was not really worth asking. That was just basically like, uh, do you think most experiences are traumatized? And then he kind of just answered it during the conversation, Mm -hmm. but it was like, yeah, dude, it's a weird experience. Like, I mean, I mean, can you imagine? You up, could you, you imagine? Know? I mean, you know, so you put yourself in those shoes. Holy shit. You know, something Travis Walton experienced or, I mean, dude, if I woke up on a bed with something like that, I. <laughs> yeah. Like, is this uh, real? Am I just having a weird ass fucking dream? Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. And also like. You, you get when people get traumatized, they're traumatized for a while. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And yeah. so it was It was interesting that he said that, like, as these things go on, most experiencers kind of start being, like, they get it, and they it almost sounded kind of Stockholm Syndrome-y, mm-hmm. you know, of like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, they don't want it to stop once they kind of understand that it's not about hurting them. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I thought it, I thought it was interesting and weird. Um and I guess at the end of the day, like to go back to your point of when you uh, were first starting to look into this and you were like, Oh, these people are full of shit. Like the phenomenon is real. What it is, no one knows, but it's right, real and right. it affects people, Yep, you know? Yep. And it really affects people. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know. you know, I, I mean, like I said, if you're, <laughs> if there's that many people out there that have mass hysteria or are following storylines to try to make themselves, you know, famous or whatever have you. Yeah. Goes, trying to get their 15 minutes yeah. of fame off of something that's just going to make them sound like a nut job. For Ex- exactly. And follow them around their life. It's the same thing. You know, we talk about this over and over, whether it's, you know, the Sherman's owning the Skinwalker Ranch or people that say they're haunted poltergeist, whatever have what you, oh, they're just trying to get a tip. Really? You want to, t- that is a bad case of attention. That is a wrong kind of attention. I nobody would wants Holy that Holy shit. Yeah. Almost nobody wants uh, that attention. I, I, like, I, yeah, sure. There's, there's one or the two. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Tick bag that's going right. to be like, yeah, I want to, I'm just, this, this is how I'm going to like to make take, my take and make it work. And, and they have. And there's a, and there's a, you know a handful of people out there that absolutely have done that off that. And they have 50 minutes of fame and turned into 15 years of fame. Whatever. You know, I'm not saying it's an anomaly. You know, they're out there. But uh, this is something different. I, I don't know. This is something different. I I really would like to sit down and be very personal with an experiencer and just, man, you know, but you, you almost feel, God, how do I say it? You almost feel like you're, like you're intruding a bit um, to want to what you know to ask them what they experienced every detail. Tell me what's because you know to yeah. us it's, it's it's amazing and it's more my God tell us because we can't believe it happened. But to them, you know, you're asking them to pour everything out, you know, on the table, and um, it's just disrespectful, you know, in in a certain way. So a group like this, you know, I, they take it at a different perspective, and I think that's I think that's great, you know. So anyway. But uh, no, no, good interview. Um, we actually have some other guests lined up, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Josh, I we talked off air, but I'll be seeing you again um, late September, it seems like, and and we'll, uh, we'll see what we got on the plate. Um, but we actually, in the past, when we had, and I cannot remember, I want to say it was Leslie, um, we had a, a, a guest on that was psychic, but she dealt with experiencers directly, um, and then she would do regression. Um, fascinating. Uh, we actually had some emails from that episode uh, where people were asking questions and, and kind of reaching out a bit. And I think that's neat. So in something like this, you know, if anybody out there is curious or has something on their side or wants to expand or elaborate, more than happy to, you know, get you connected to the right people and the right thing. Uh, you can write us at strangeuncles at gmail.com. You can call us at 801-252-69. 
45, <laughs> 45, I have nothing. Um, and, and let us know, you know, we'll be more than happy to try to do that. Of course, we'll put the links in the show notes. Uh, we'll put his organization in the show notes along with his books um, that he has. And we'll make sure all that uh, kind of comes together for you. Again, fascinating, you know, uh, subject and horrible that, you know, people have to experience it. Any kind of trauma. I don't give a shit if it's experiencer UAP trauma, it's child abuse trauma. I don't care what trauma is trauma at the end of the day. And, and uh, no matter how, what form it comes in, it's awful. So, all right. And our socials, you can find us on socials too. Uh, we're on uh, Facebook. We're on Instagram. We are on um, uh, Twitter, which is what I'm on my side. We actually have a YouTube channel, Strange Uncles. Visit that. We keep talking about this. We actually have pre-recorded some things, uh, some small projects on the YouTube channel. Um, haven't gotten them out there yet, but uh, we're going to try some little uh clips of things I, I think some exciting there's like small stories that we can't really make a podcast out of but we can make a quick little blurb on youtube um and throw it out there and put some narration behind it so you know we're working on some youtube projects so stand by more for that um we have a few more guests and a few more write-ups uh, before the season is out usually we end the season around the holiday time frame um, but we'll always have stuff out there that we'll kind of recycle and um you know have out for you listeners so you know, you make sure that you, uh, you know, you don't have a break from us. We're around you all the time. There's nothing you can do about it. So anyway, hopefully you enjoyed the interview. Stand by for next week. Uh, we have more to come and um, close the gates.